Trades Work, the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association podcast starts right now. Here's your host, Dave DeVito. Welcome back to Trades Work, where we highlight the issues important to the skilled trades our society depends on and always seeks to put Colorado first. We are fortunate in Colorado to have elected leaders who likewise strive to put Colorado first as they consider the issues that are critical to our state's success. There is no better example of this than the leadership of Governor Jared Polis. We are fortunate to have him here today. Welcome, Governor. It's great to be here, Dave. My regards to you and Gary Arnold and everybody else. Uh, I look forward to continuing to work with the trades. Although the governor needs no introductions, I'd like to offer you a bit of background about Governor Polis. He's an entrepreneur, education leader, tireless public servant, and a Colorado native. And I might add, a consistent supporter of the trades. Prior to his service in elected office, he launched several successful companies, one out of his college room dorm. Prior to serving as governor, he served on the State Board of Education and represented Colorado's 2nd Congressional District. He was first elected governor in 2018 and just re-elected to a second term here last fall. Governor, we're just so honored to have you. Well, let's hop right in. I know that uh, you are uh, very excited. Uh, I'm very excited to host you today and talk a little bit more about all the support we've seen from you uh, in the skilled trades. You know, Governor, there is an abundance of opportunity in this state for careers in the skilled trades. In fact, last year we commissioned an economic impact study that shows we need 50,000 more trade workers by 2030. We know this isn't a bad problem to have, but we're working hard to recruit the workforce that Colorado depends on. I know that workforce development is a huge priority of yours. Can you talk a little bit more about this priority and how you're raising the visibility around apprenticeships and the trades? Well, Dave, as you said in your question, it's a, it's a, it's a good problem to have. We, we all remember 0809 when we had people sitting around without work, right? That was tough. This kind of situation is tough in a different way. We have plenty of work for, for everybody. And we need more folks to be able to get the skills they need to be able to earn a good living. It's a great opportunity as much as it is a challenge. Uh, we've invested historic American Rescue Plan Acts and expanding access to work-based learning including apprenticeships, registered apprenticeships, uh, supporting people earn while you learn models. Um, we also, um, last year we created something called Care Forward Colorado that made it free for Coloradans to get a health care degree, degree like EMT, phlebotomist, and community college. Here we're working with the legislature on confident we'll get it done to expand that uh, to the construction trade. So free community college training, we support registered apprenticeships, also making it free for law enforcement or firefighting, uh, really to help people get the skills they need to fill these gaps. We also are looking at a, passing a $1,500 scholarship to students in the class of 2024 that they can apply apprenticeships on the job training, trade schools, however they want to direct it. Because we want to elevate every form of training because we know that there's a lot of exciting pathways out there to success. It's not just four-year degrees. The reality is in today's economy, you know, skills are critical for success. And, and the exciting thing is there's a lot of way to get those skills you need to get ahead. Yeah, and you you and your team have done an excellent job in, in engaging the trades and, and those who are, I'd consider, non-traditional paths. Uh, you've covered a few of those, but uh, you guys have done a great job at stakeholdering and reaching out and asking for input 
you know, we've been doing apprenticeships for over a hundred years in the, in the building and construction trades and others are also coming to that, uh, kind of precipice and, and really trying to strive to attract workers. And so we thank you and your team for doing that. It's a pleasure to do this work together with you. So let's talk about boosting workforce development, specifically in the trades. How can we in Colorado reach students at a much younger age to strengthen that talent pipeline? What are some other innovative ways Colorado is thinking about workforce training? Well, you know, getting students, people of all ages, but especially young people exposed to the in-demand jobs we have sooner. Uh, one of those is one of the ways to do that is while they're in high school. So we have now, we're share, expanding dual and concurrent enrollment programs, as well as apprenticeships while people are in high school. Through career-wise, the trades, uh, sometimes the kids that aren't 18 can't do all of the work associated with trades, but they can do much of it. And then of course, many high school seniors turn 18 during their senior year, too. Uh, but we really want to focus on training Coloradans for Colorado jobs by starting early. And that means partnering with public schools, with community colleges, with the trades, uh, the investments we're doing in, in math. Uh, math achievement is critical uh, for a lot of the work that um, is being done. In many ways, some of the apprenticeships entail applied math, but you need to have the basics there to be able to be able to do that. Uh, examples across the state, like in Colorado Springs, there's a high school that focuses on training welders and carpenters and other trades. And when students graduate, they get into the workforce or they can upgrade even further. So these are the kinds of opportunities that we want more of across Colorado. You know, we know that uh, Joe Barella at the Department of Labor and Employment is uh, really working on at least what I would call a great first step is putting uh, apprentice coordinators as you know, full time employees to help elevate visibility to the trades, working on the apprentice portal uh, to highlight all the different trade opportunities within the state, uh, along with Senator Jesse Danielson and others who have highlighted that if we create this coordinated portal, showcase the opportunities, talk about completion percentages or graduation rates, talk about you know earning potentials, and then now having those recruiters uh, that uh, the Department of Labor is uh, envisioning to put in place, provided the bill passes a session. Uh, I think that's going to do uh, great things to help those young folks learn about these opportunities. I agree. Those are, those are, and, and Joe Burrell is doing a great job over there. And uh, we still have a, a lot of the kind of one-time federal investment, uh, which gives us additional opportunities to do this work, at least for the next year or two. So talk to us, you know, what other ways can the private sector my employers, folks in the construction trades, work with state government to grow our workforce and keep our economy thriving? Um, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. Um, I mean, certainly the, uh, I would add, by the way, the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act in Congress uh, is a huge opportunity for work to be done. Uh, we're working on uh, uh, more housing in Colorado, a lot of good jobs associated with that, most importantly, an affordable place to live for people. We're proud of the opportunity now, 85 million in grant funds for regional talent development initiatives. It's it's a good time to really, uh, you know, to, to have opportunities to do good work. And, and uh, we just need to make the most of it. It's a huge opportunity for Colorado. Absolutely. And I know we all have seen kind of the trades uh, suffer because there's not been a whole lot of visibility in the K-12 system. You know, some of those programs were taken out, um, you know, while I was in high school and, and, and after that. And it's great to see that resurgence and the K-12 system kind of embracing us again, feeling very positive about this trajectory. 
Yeah, as I said, in, in the scheme of things, it's a good problem to have. I, I you, you remember 0809, right? So, yeah. I yeah. mean, a lot of people who had the skills waiting around and not having work. And that was a terrible problem to have. The problem we have now is more of an opportunity than a problem. It's the opportunity for kids, people of all ages to get the skills they need to earn a good living and with jobs today ready to get to work. So why don't we talk a little bit about the skill trades? I know that uh, you've been a big champion for the skill trades. I know through the pandemic, uh, you identified construction and service trades as being essential workers, which kept many people, many Coloradans working during that pandemic. Construction, I argue, is a act of social distancing and, and, uh, you saw the wisdom there and you've been a great supporter. So how do the trades play into our economy and where do you see that leading us in the future? Yeah, as you know, and, and, and that's not been some states kind of had shutdowns. We never did. Everything in construction, you know, moved ahead and, you know, we were able to continue working and building, which is very fortunate because it was after that that we had a supplies crisis. There were actually supplies uh, were fine during the, the early stages of the pandemic. And then later on, there was a, a big problem. And that's just because the other states were, were, were that had been in the ones that had shutdowns were starting again. And then uh, we were, we kind of had, had a start on that. We are focused on saving people money. And, and obviously there's, there's a lot of ways we need to do that from scholarships to training. Um, we're projected to add 50,000 additional workers in the skilled trades by the, in just six and a half more years. That's at the end of the decade. And a lot of that is thanks to the uh, Bipartisan Infrastructure Act, Inflation Reduction Act, American Recovery Plan Act. You know, it's a good time for infrastructure, right? Whatever you say about President Biden, he's a guy that believes in infrastructure, believes in building things. And I think those values are reflected in the actions of Congress. They're also reflected in our actions here in Colorado. Uh, House Bill 260, our own infrastructure bill, we passed ahead of the federal one, our road funding, our bridge funding, all in good shape. And uh, now it's just a matter of having the, the right people with the right skills to get the work done. And, and we want to bridge that gap. Yeah, we couldn't agree more. And, you know, you you have talked a lot about your commitment to saving folks money. And and we've seen those investments, at least in workforce development, specifically the Opportunity Now grant and many others work their way through either the legislative process or through your agenda. And we we've been very supportive along the way and we'll continue to do so. It's uh, it's an exciting time with huge opportunities. We just want to work with you to remove barriers. So no matter what people's background are, where they live in our state, they can uh, have access to the skills for skilled trades and earn a good living and help power our economy. Agreed. It's nice that uh, I think we can all sit here and talk about, you know, you talked about the way some states uh, didn't do things right during the pandemic and, and shut down, you know, construction workers in addition to many other industries. What are some ways in looking around both your leadership position within the Governor's Association uh, and talking to your fellow compatriots, you know, from coast to coast? What has worked in other states that we ought to be thinking about here? We always like to learn from from other states. And I think one thing that we need to do better on in Colorado is making housing more affordable. Right. In some to a certain extent, we're victims of our own success because people want to live here. The average housing price in the Denver metro has shot up to six hundred thousand dollars, and uh, that's a problem because uh, it's hard to afford and it's hard to afford afford them at that cost. So what we need is more lower cost uh, housing inventory uh, for purchase and for rental. I mean, you know, I'm obviously passionate about people owning homes because they can build equity over time, but we need more low cost rentals for people starting out and young people too. Um, but we need more homes that people can buy, you know, in the 200s to 300s and build equity. And maybe they'll move into one of those six, $700,000 homes in 10 or 15 years. But if they can't get their foot in the door, 
they're not going to be able to build that value. And so we're really working on a major housing reform by cutting red tape, um, incentivizing lower cost housing across the state, uh, broad support from uh, labor and business and together along with the environmental community to help end our housing crisis. It's really a win-win because it's also jobs, right? We're, we want to build more houses. That's work for the trades. But more important, it's a place for people to live. And that's what we risk losing in our state if we don't change our course. Because while you're 600,000 today, it could be a million in five years. And that puts it further out of reach for middle class. And we've seen some of your work in this uh, space. Uh, we've seen uh, 213 introduced and some other uh, concepts being sussed out by your team. Um, what are the other uh, strategies that you have in order to help solve this? Because we we agree, you know, I, we need 50,000 more workers in Colorado, but if we don't have a place for them to live, um, we're going to face a far different crisis. And so workforce housing and attainable workforce housing is a big issue for us. So what what are the other strategies you're envisioning here and how can we play a role? Yeah, there's there's a um, a, a bill uh, Representative Linstead has that would prevent uh, uh, no growth policies, which might sound good to some people. What they basically mean is when a city does no growth, it 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 forces the, the growth to occur in other communities and then forces the home prices up. So we don't think that's a good way to work together. You have to have more regional planning. You have to have more housing close to where jobs are. Um, we're also uh, very excited to be working on supporting. Um, Prefab and modular housing, a lot of great uh, new technology that can apply, especially in the mountain communities where the, the building season, construction season is very short because of weather. Uh, we think those have a lot of applicability. But by creating more housing supply, we can uh, increase home options in every budget so people can live where they want to live. It ties into infrastructure, too, including transit. You know, people, we should have more convenient transit for people who want it, meaning uh, light rail, bus. Um, people should have the opportunity to live near that if they want. Uh, in an affordable way. The voters also passed Proposition 123, which is uh, a lot of money that they said uh, we want to go towards affordable housing. And so we're working on making that flexible enough to work in very different kinds of communities. Because Denver is different than Steamboat Springs, is different than Pueblo. We want to make sure it works in communities that embrace it. It's hard to come up with a model for all or a solution for all when each community has its own unique set of challenges. But we agree with Linstead. We agree um, that, you know, uh, your administration, with your administration, rather, uh, that we got to f- collectively solve this together. Uh, because if we don't, I mean, we're already the most expensive real estate without a beach. Uh, and that's probably not a banner or a, or a trophy we wish to carry. So it is, Dave. Um, and, what, and what you and I, what I'm most worried about, I know you are too, is that without any change, the same situation that led to this will just get worse. And we literally will be in a million dollar average home price. And by the way, my hometown, Boulder, already there, sadly, a million dollar average home price. But we're going to be there as a state, uh, you know, in, in, by the end of the decade, in six years, if we don't change course here and allow more housing to be built to meet the demand. I mean, it's just sort of common sense. Uh, we've got to find a way where we can produce home prices and have, have more homes. I mean, it'll happen if we let it happen, but there's too many artificial restrictions and red tape that prevents it from happening. We agree there, and we know that the you know, entitlement process and all the different code adoptions and all these different pieces kind of contribute to the bigger conversation and having having that broad conversation is important. Yeah, we want to involve, you know, uh, the trades at every stage, obviously, and all the different 
we're doing a lot around code and wildfire stuff and all that too. We want to make sure that uh, the people who know know it best are very involved with that process. Well, thank you. You know, just a little bit. Uh, the legislative session has uh, a few a few weeks left here. Big picture from your vantage point, are there big initiatives that you had set out earlier this year to accomplish that are left that you hope to get across that finish line before May 8th? Yeah, I'd say the other big thing that we got to do is we, we need to find a way to provide some property tax relief. Um, this is, uh, it's another, it's kind of a result of a good problem, right? But like home assessment rates, we were talking about how much homes have gone up in value. If you're, if you're owned a home, you were very lucky. You went up 26% average in our state in value the last two years. But that also means people's tax bills, if we don't provide some tax relief, will also go 26%. And very few people's earnings have gone up 26% in two years. I mean, maybe some of your members have. That's great. But most Coloradans, their, their earnings have gone up maybe 10% in two years, not 26. So we are working and hopefully we'll roll out soon a way to provide property tax relief to homeowners. That's another kind of key item we need to accomplish before the legislature leaves. Well, great. Well, we uh, look forward to engaging in that discussion or at least understanding how we can engage and see that through and, um, you know, are here with an open door. If you guys, as your administration continues to kind of look at the talk, the ticking clock that is May 8th, if there are other things that we can engage in or our listeners can, we certainly would uh, welcome that invitation. And it's a, soon I'll be signing the budget. It's a budget we can be proud of. It contains room for all these things we talked about, the free community college, the apprenticeships, but also record funding for our schools, for education. I mean, it's local control in our state, Dave, but this funding enables our schools to do more partnerships and incorporate the trades and dual concurrent enrollment. So, I mean, you know, the fact that we're able to give a record increase in funding to our schools this year, over close to 10%, will really encourage all that innovation at the local level. Well, great. I know it's a big budget uh, proposal for the state, and I know that the teams worked very hard to put it together, and hats off to the JBC members who, um, you know, I would not want their job uh, as they kind of figure out, you know, all the different pieces and parts that make up that 30-plus billion dollar budget. Yeah, and as you know, you follow the Golden Dome closely, but, you know, the way it works is with the money reserved in the budget for these programs we talked about, and uh, they're very likely to happen. I mean, it's almost like the bills need to pass it to find it. But like the fact that the money's there and in the budget, you know, pretty much greases the wheels for everything we talked about on this this call to occur. Like it's it basically is, uh, you know, they still got to get the bills all the way through. But the hard part was the money and the money's in the long yeah. run. That's the good news. All right. We always like to ask our guests one last question, a little bit of a curveball for you. I know when you were an elementary school, Jared Polis, you probably weren't envisioning being governor one day. Tell us what was, what did you want to do when you grew up and what was your dream and aspirational goals? Well, you said it's a curveball question. So I'll go with that and I'll say baseball. I would have loved to be a professional baseball player, but I, and I played through high school, but I was never, uh, never quite able to make the bigs. Oh, well, that's great. Well, uh, we'll have to, uh, do you participate in a softball t- team? At- this uh, point, uh, can we I tell you, watch- well, when I was in, when I was in Congress for ten years, the highlight of that was uh, the congressional baseball game every year. We played at National uh-huh. Stadium. I love to play baseball recreationally. My daughter's in little league, so I join them sometimes. I also have played softball over the years. I don't. I'm not on a regular team now as governor, but I, I definitely prefer hardball. But I, I like them both. And you know, as I said, now I'm just living vicariously through my daughter in little league. Well, we're gonna come watch you if, if you're still playing. Let's do it. All right, thanks, uh-huh. Dave. All right, folks, that concludes our show today. Thank you to Governor Polis for coming out and participating and being our guest today. 
stay tuned for more industry insights, news, and information about the women and men building our communities, building our skylines, and building our future. Tradeswork is a production of the Rocky Mountain Mechanical Contractors Association. For more information about our organization, please visit rmmca.org.